Hello, this is Pastor Nathaniel, and you're listening to the Edda Talk for the Eddie Walk Podcast. Here you'll find messages meant to edify and encourage God's people in the maturity, purity, and unity that comes from following Christ. From devotional thoughts to sermons from our Sunday morning services, my prayer is that the time you spend listening to this podcast will help you grow closer to our Lord and also lead you to loving others like He loves us. Let's get right to it. This is the last message in the series, The Four E's of Evangelism. How about we review? The first E was examine. We examine ourselves. Allow the Lord to search us. Next thing we do is encourage. We encourage one another as brothers and sisters in the Lord. We encourage those around us. And we do all those E, those first two E's with earnestness, urgency. We actively are urgent, earnest in our obedience to the Lord. And if you missed the beginning of this morning's service, the fourth E of evangelism we're talking about today is ethics. Living right. Living for Him. And when we live for Him, guess what? People notice a difference in us. Ethics matter. You don't think they do? Ask Ananias and Sapphira. Oh, wait, you can't. They died. Because they, they acted unethically. Back in Acts chapter 4, we read that the believers would sell all their possessions, all they had, and they'd give so everyone could uh, have together. And, and I'm not saying, let's... What's the word for it? Let's be a socialist community. That's not what that's all about. That was a giving community, sharing what they had. Well, Ananias and Sapphira, they saw how people were speaking good of Barnabas and others, and they wanted to be like that, so they sold a piece of land and said, we gave everything. To make a long story short, they both lied. Ananias lied first. He lied and died. Sounds like a fun name for another message. Not that if you lie, you're going to die, because... We've all lied, haven't we, Daryl? 57. <laughs> A couple hours later, Sapphira comes in. Says, Peter, here's all the money. Peter says, is that really all the money? She says, yes it is. And she falls over dead. Ethics matter. How we live matters. Can I define ethics for you for this morning? Ethics are the often unspoken rules for living right and doing what feels right and what is right. If we're living ethically, we're behaving in a way that is guided by moral principles. And for the Christ follower, they're biblical principles that guide our lives. 
one approach in our Christian tradition to living ethically happened in the late 90s, and I'm sure many of you remember it. Maybe you still have the bracelet. WWJD, what would Jesus do? See, if we felt tempted, we could ask ourselves that question. What would Jesus do? And if we knew Jesus would do that, then that's what we would do. I have a proposal this morning. Rather than WWJD, how about H-T-O-W-L? That almost looks like Hoot Owl. H-T-O-W-L. What is that? Have thine own way, Lord. By that prayer, we rely on the power of Christ in us to do what He would have us do rather than the power in ourselves to do what we think Jesus would do. I thought that was really good when the Holy Spirit gave it to me last night. You want to hear it again? When our hearts cry, when our prayer is, have thine own way, Lord, we rely on the power of Christ in us to do what He would have us to do rather than the power in ourselves to do what we think He would want us to do. or to do what we think He would do. How about we just listen to Him and do what He says? There we go. When the cry of our heart is, Have Thine own way, Lord, His love and His presence empowers us to live. To live right. To live the way He, life intended, the way he intended life to be lived. We live not for ourselves, but for Him. We live to represent Him well. And we live to become more like Him. We read about it in 2 Corinthians. And how cool is it? It was not planned this way. All I did was pick four E's. All the messages in this series have come from 2 Corinthians. How about that? How the Lord works things out. This morning, it's 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We're going to pick up in verse 14. I'd like to ask, if you're able, please stand as we read God's Word. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14, Paul writes this. For Christ's love compels us, because we are convinced that one died for all, and therefore all died. And he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. That's like the main verse for this morning. There's a lot packed in there, isn't there? Let's read it again. And He died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, 
but for him who died for them and was raised again. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he is committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are, therefore, Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. I didn't see this when I was studying, but I see it now, so let me mention it now. So that we might become the righteousness of God. We have to want to become that. We have to want to pursue it. Not that we can earn our salvation, but there has to be an effort in the relationship so we can become His righteousness. The righteousness of God. See, there's this false gospel out there that all we have to do is say the prayer and we're in. And I don't like that, and you shouldn't either. Let me tell you why we don't want to preach that gospel. Because that uses Jesus as a means to an end. That makes salvation the only reason for Jesus. And that's not the only reason He came. He came for us to have life and life what? Abundant. God made Him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in Him we might become the righteousness of God when we're fully surrendered submitted to him that's what happens as God's fellow workers we urge you not to receive God's grace in vain for he says in the time of my favor I heard you and in the day of salvation I helped you now don't get me wrong there, there's a point there's a day of salvation where we realize we have a choice to make accept or reject Walk away or follow. How's that old song go? Well, I'm getting on a different hymn. I shouldn't do that. I have decided to follow Jesus. That's the decision. I tell you now, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you for how your word is living and active. It divides soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It goes into the depths of our being, Lord, where you make the change in us and we live out of that to live for you. And I thank you for the power that comes only from you. 
to live the way you called us to live. Lord, sometimes it's easy to put the pressure on ourselves, but Lord, you took it all. And Lord, you help us all along the way. So I thank you. I thank you that you're with us and you'll never leave us or forsake us. Lord, show us what your word has to say this morning. Give us ears to hear. And Lord, hearts to receive. And feet and a mind ready to act and please you. And God, I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. It really doesn't matter what you do with us, Lord. Just have your way with our lives. That was a prayer that changed Sarah's life. You see, Sarah, she knew how to live for herself. She knew she was in control. She knew she had the power to make her own choices. As a matter of fact, she didn't like the name her parents gave her. So she changed her name from Sarah to Adelaide. That's a pretty name too, isn't it? Adelaide. You see, Adelaide knew what she wanted out of Christianity. Although she didn't say it like that, she would likely confess that's how she pursued her relationship with God before she heard that prayer. Sadly, that's how people might view faith today. Rather than a life-changing relationship and walk with Jesus, some people see the salvation is the way to get to heaven. But, you know, I don't need that other stuff. The change, the, the, the sanctification... Some people see faith in Jesus as the healing they need for their life, but then they don't have a desire to live for Him. Sadly, some people want what they want, and Jesus is just kind of used. It's sad that happens. For Sarah, I mean Adelaide, She was following a faith healer because she had some, some, some health issues and she wanted to get better. And when that's our reasoning for Jesus, we're going to find ourselves mixed up with some kooks. Can I just say it that way? And that's what happened to Adelaide. She followed this guy named John Alexander Dowie. He thought he was the Elijah who had come to preach and precede Jesus. That's what he was telling people. Jesus would be back before the year 1900. And here we are in the 21st century. This guy, he was, he was the Elijah and he could touch and heal people and she followed him and guess what happened? She was actually healed of diabetes. But he was found out to be a false prophet. Huh? Surprise, surprise. 
Some people just preach Jesus because that's the way to heaven and that's what it's all about. They get caught up in the only focus is the end times. And there was another preacher like that and Adelaide kind of got linked to, to them. And, and guess what? 1900 came and Jesus still hadn't come back and another disappointment. No one knows the day or the time except the Father. So be careful for that being preached out there. Adelaide felt the Lord calling her to be a missionary to Africa. But as it turned out, she couldn't raise enough money and she was extremely disappointed. At a point in her life where she was questioning God, we all get there sometimes. She went to prayer meeting and that's when she heard an old saint pray this. It really doesn't matter what you do with us, Lord. Just have your way with our lives. Adelaide made that prayer her prayer. Have your way with my life. And that's when things changed. Bet you can't guess what hymn she went home and wrote. Have thine own way, Lord. May that be the prayer of our hearts today. As we live, have thine own way, Lord. As we live, that's the three words to clue you in. There's a point coming. As we live, we should no longer live for ourselves, but for Him. What does it say in verse 15? And He died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for Him who died for them and was raised again. There's our purpose. To live for Him. But we like the Burger King theology, don't we? Have it your way. I don't have to preach to you about how messed up the world is telling people, it's all good, have it your way. It's really what it boils down to. The ultimate matchup. Have thine own way versus have thine own way, Lord. Paul puts it like this in Romans chapter 14. Let me read to you verses 4 through, pardon me, verses 7 to 9. For none of us lives to himself alone, and none of us dies to himself alone. If we live, we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. So whether we live or die, who do we belong to? The Lord. No, uh my t shirt says property the Buffalo Bills. Actually, my t-shirt says, Property of the West Virginia Mountaineers. (laughs) 
Paul emphasizes it again in Romans 14.9. For this very reason. What's the reason? So we belong to the Lord and live for Him. For this very reason, Christ died and returned to life. I love how Paul always put that in there. He put it in there in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 22. Or 20. No, I'm way off. 15. He died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for Him who died for them and was raised again. Can't say that about anybody else but our Jesus, huh? He says it again in in verse 9 of Romans 14. For this very reason, Christ died and returned to life so that He might be the Lord of both the living and the dead. I hope I'm not broadsiding you with this question. But we have to ask ourselves, who are we living for? Ourselves? Someone else other than God? Something other than God? Living for Him matters. You want to know why? It's part of the whole evangelism thing. We represent God. There we have a purpose on top of a purpose. Our purpose is to not live for ourselves, but to live for Him. We live for Him and represent Him. We've seen examples of people poorly representing things, haven't we? Paul says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. What does an ambassador do? Officially represents an authority. And what does Paul say? We are Christ's ambassadors. We represent the church. When we're in the church, when we're outside the church... And dare I say, online. Oh, Nathaniel, you're not going there, are you? You're meddling. Facebook is like a black hole. They probably just shut us off. Thanks for letting us broadcast live. And it was actually on Facebook where I discovered this. The second pastor of this church put a post, very, very wise post, some guidance that comes from our Nazarene manual. You know what the very last thing in the church of Nazarene manual says? It says this in regards to social media. It's number 933. So if you want to hop on Google, Google Church Nazarene Manual 2017 to 2021, you can get a PDF version. 
If you don't know what a PDF is, Erica said she would run a class just like that guy in the, in the progressive commercial and help you open PDFs. She didn't really say that. I'm just embarrassing her like we embarrassed Daryl earlier. 9.33. Listen to this. And just, if you're not a member of the Church of Nazarene, don't think this doesn't apply to you. This is good guidance for anyone who calls themselves a Christian or Christ follower who might be representing Him. Use of social media. First and foremost, the content that we share should be respectful. As in all interpersonal relationships, we believe that the content of our social media should also be a reflection of the sanctified hearts by which we strive. Clergy and laity alike must be mindful of how their activities on social media affect the image of Christ and His church and its impact and its mission within their communities. Our activities should be life-giving and affirming and should so seek to uplift others. That's not just good advice for social media. That's good advice for life and loving our neighbors well, huh? And please do not turn off your TV or your ears when I say this. But I want to be candid and say there was a post that called a woman a hooker. And everybody can see everything on Facebook, folks. And when someone from church likes that stuff, or posts that stuff, that's a poor representation of who we are in Christ. That's not a way to love the enemy, is it? And what did Jesus say in the Sermon on the Mount? Love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. Life always, always presents us with opportunities to be instruments of His grace. Hopefully people see in us the change that He's making from the inside out. Hopefully they see that we are becoming like Him. You see, that's it. As we live, we are becoming like Him. Or we might be. We talked about that earlier. My prayer is we all are becoming like Him. Verse 21 of 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Now people are going to go home, get on Facebook and block Pastor Nathaniel so I can't see what you're putting on there. Please don't do that. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but it brings forth the harvest of righteousness. And what are we becoming? 
Well, God made Him who had no sin to be sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God. What are you becoming? What am I becoming? What are we becoming as we walk with Jesus? Let's first review what we're not. Because I think we've got to get this stuff behind us and know who we're not. In Christ, we're not the people we used to be. In Christ, we're a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. You know what else? We are not the sum of our past mistakes. We've been redeemed, set free. You know what else? We are not alone. You know how good it is to see you this morning? You know how good it is to know that we're praying for one another? We are not forsaken. We are not abandoned. We are not worthless. We've read it a few times this morning. He died for us. Not because of the righteous things we've done, but because of His love for us. We're still human, aren't we? I had a teacher, history teacher in high school. He would say, good morning, people. Oh, and you too, Nathaniel. Or he'd just pick on somebody, you know. I always took that as he thought I was superhuman. Thanks, man. We're still human. But as believers, as Christ followers, we are connected to a God who infuses in us life-changing supernatural power. <laughs> I, I heard a, a talk this week. It's, it's a guy in the Nazarene church. His name's T. Scott Daniels. He, he was a pastor out in California. I think he's up in Idaho now. And he was talking about Soren Kierkegaard. He's a theologian back in the 20th century, I think. And Soren's favorite, favorite illustration was about ducks. Ducks that went to church together. And if you don't know, we know because we have ducks. They waddle and they quack. So they waddle into church. Quack, 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 quack. Then they'd hear this wonderful message about how they all had wings. Then they'd waddle back out of church. Quack, 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 quack. You get it? We have the Holy Spirit in us. The Holy Spirit is not of this world. We have a supernatural power in us to help us live, not for ourselves, but for Him. It's His supernatural power in us helping us to become like Christ. I like how Adelaide put it in verse 3 of the hymn we're going to sing in like three and a half minutes. Have thine own way, Lord. 
Have thine own way. And you know people really mean it when they put an exclamation point after something. We don't have the hymnals because of COVID. You just have to take my word. After every line, Adelaide put an exclamation point at the end of it. Have thine own way, Lord. Have thine own way. Wounded and weary, help me, I pray. Power, all power, surely is thine. Touch me and heal me, Savior divine. Our way of life, our way of living, our way of thinking comes from who we are as we're becoming like Him. Here's how verse 4 puts that. Have thine own way, Lord. Have thine own way. Hold o'er my being absolute sway. Fill with thy spirit till all shall see Christ only always living in me. Is that the prayer of your heart this morning? If not, it can be. If not, it's meant to be. That's His purpose for you. There's no higher calling and living for Him. Would you stand with me? Lord, I do thank You for Your Word this morning. I thank You for this call to a holy life, a call to be like You, to allow You full control, to be fully surrendered, totally consecrated, and say, Lord, I'm all Yours. Have Thine own way, Lord. I'm tired of doing it my way because when I do it my way, Things sure get to be a mess. Oh, I might get what I want for a little while. But in the end, I'm empty again, Lord. So this morning, my prayer is, Lord, have thine own way, Lord. Lord, I thank you that you're with us. I thank you that we have one another. To love and encourage and hold up as we follow you and disciple one another and become more like Christ together. And Lord, I thank you for how when we do this life together, with your supernatural power in us and working through us, you will draw people to you as we disciple and love those around. Lord, may the song we're about to say be the prayer of our hearts this morning. God, I pray these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If this podcast is helpful to you, please rate us on iTunes or like our page, Springwater Church the Nazarene on Facebook. Have a great day and Lord bless.